Welcome to Padmutun, Armenian History Podcast. Padiyagak Padmutun, Hayots Padmutiana Podcaster. Well, welcome back to Padmutun, Armenian History Podcast. I am Father Tadeusz Barserian, and I'm here with my friend, Peter Hajinian. I'm here with my friend. Yes. <laughs> and we're happy to be back again. Excited to talk to you about, we've got an episode today about Eishe Charents. Eishe Charents. Although our podcast is called, it's Padmuchun, I mean, history yeah. podcast. Yeah. But uh, but it doesn't mean we can't talk about Armenian poets. Yes. <laughs> Armenian poets. They're a part of history, aren't they? He's He's got, yes, very historical. He's historical. He comes up a lot. Yes. We talk about poetry and especially Republic of Armenia. In, right. And writing and writers in. Right. Even Soviet Armenian Army. genocide and yeah. the Republic of Armenia, the war. Yeah. So um, um, really uh, amazing character. Yeah. Well, let's let's get started with this. Yeah. With this guy. Yeah, it's um, when it's interesting when you are when you are in school studying when you are young and studying Yerisha Charens. There are certain things there in the school books, but now later when when I study later when we, we try to study for this podcast, there are so many facts that uh, you never learn in school. You never know about these all these people. They are these just perfect, wonderful people, and then you learn they actually had some, uh, they they got some trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think we'll we'll get into that a little bit about what yes. what his life was like and his maybe um, uh, his reputation and how mm-hmm. that changed because mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. What so what did you learn in school? What was the the beginning of Yehishe in school that you learned? Well, I think. Uh, the main thing was uh, that he was from Gars, um, that uh, he uh, he participated in, in a war against Turkey. He was a teacher. He was dedicated, and then um, and then he ended up in the Soviet Union after the collapse of republics, and then uh, and then at some point he was uh, considered as a nationalist, and he was mm-hmm. arrested and executed. Oh. Uh, pretty much, uh, pretty, that, that, that's all, pretty much. That's and then the, his poems. And then he wrote poems, right? Yeah, uh, wrote poems, yeah. Yeah, he was, the, what I had heard about him before we started studying was, he came up a lot, because a lot of his poems are not translated into English. A lot of his writing Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But other writers would comment about how they, I ran into Chodens, he's starting a newspaper. I ran into Chodens, He's doing this. He's doing that. So he seemed like this uh, rabble rouser character, yeah. you know. But it, because none of his work ever really why got you, translated why do you think into English, so? it was not translated. I don't know if it's if it wasn't translated into English because he was Soviet, and you know, I grew up in a time during the Cold War where yeah. you know a lot of that wasn't you know we weren't encouraged to read Soviet authors and things. I a lot I, of other Soviet authors were translated. True. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it's the style, language. That that could be it. Yeah. It's not easy easy to translate. It's not like Hovannes too. Well, Hovannes too many is pretty. But he wrote folk tales. He I feel like Charles tales. was writing about the moment. Yeah. And about the people and the culture mm-hmm. of the moment. And if you didn't understand that, it wouldn't make much sense. Yeah. To you. 
How do you translate, for example, Ambochnerechedagarvats? Um, um, crazy crowds, if you translate literally, but yeah. it's about revolution, 1917. Uh-huh. Chelagarvats means uh, go, go mad and crazy, yeah. but also in that poem, you cannot consider them. It's not what it, what it actually means. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they are crazy, they, are, they don't know what they are doing, but it means they are madly passionate about their yeah. their uh, revolution. In energy, in and energy of the yeah. people. Yeah. So it's hard to probably translate. Poetry is tricking in. Poetry is tricky in the native language it's written in. Right. You know, I. Right. It's... That's why nobody likes poetry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so tricky. It's like... So this might be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> we actually like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw that you. So that was what you learned. And then I saw here in the notes you did in the research is that. He claimed he was born in Kars, but he has birth certificates that he was born in the city of Maku in Iran. And then you found that there's a second birth certificate. Well, he was actually in, he was born in Kars. Okay. His parents were from Maku, ah. from Iran. And because his parents were from Maku, in one of his poems, he says, I'm a poet from the city of Maku. Uh-huh. Meaning his heritage is from Maku, but he was born in Kars. Yeah. And then later, uh, when he went back to teach in Kars, um, he had to, uh, it turns out, because Kars was part of the Republic of Armenia, right? 1918 still. Uh-huh. Yeah. 1919 even. Uh, it turns out that uh, if you are age of a mandatory military service, you cannot be a teacher. Oh. So they had to come up with that other certificate too that he was born in Iran actually. He was wow. Persian army. So he could teach at a school because he was he was passionate about that, about yeah. teaching. Yeah. He was a man he was a man of letters. His, par- his parents were from Maku. They moved to Ezrum. Mm-hmm. They were they were rug rug dealers. Right. They sold rugs. Um, probably because they had connections in Iran. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably, most likely. But it's it's kind of interesting because Kars is now in Turkey, but it was a very important city of Armenian city at that time, it late was. late eighteen hundreds. It was really important, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, it was it was more of an Eastern Armenian town. Yeah. it was uh, it was uh, for the size of that town, for where it was far from the center. Mm-hmm. It was far from uh, Constantinople. Yeah, it was. It was not that close to Yerevan, but still it was cultural and social and political political center. There was this uh, Polish, uh, I, I learned, Polish writer that came to Gars and he brought a huge library with him to oh. Gars. And the Chinese would spend hours and hours and hours and days reading. He read all French poets and uh, writers and authors, every, everything that he could find. Wow. Later, when Gars was uh, was gone, they lost Gars. He would he would admit he would say, "I'm so sad about Gars. There were so many books in the library I didn't get to read." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but Gars was um, was an important important town. It's interesting. I was reading this book uh, by Orhan Pamuk, Snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about it's about the city is Gars. Yeah. And he makes uh, multiple references, number of references that Armenian buildings, Armenian and Russian. It was more Russian-Armenian, I think, yeah. both Russian and Armenian. Um, 
it's uh, when when Charles was talking to his friend one time about teaching. He said half of these students they speak Russian, half of them they speak Turkish. <laughs> they don't speak army. <laughs> they don't speak army. <laughs> army. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So of course, this the city was. Uh, yeah, interesting place. Uh, interesting. It obviously made its imprint on him. Um, this I liked uh, the, this this story about when he was young and he needed new shoes. Yeah. How his father gave him money to buy shoes and he came home with with books. He gave him his, new books. Right. Yeah. He <laughs> needs shoes and cars. Is it's snowy, right? Like the books snow. Oh. It's cold. It's snowy, and he he goes out instead of buying shoes, he buys books, and the dad starts yelling at him. Are you crazy? You're gonna be barefoot. It's gonna be winter. And Charles didn't say anything and then on the way you know he starts talking to his friends about it explaining and he says well it's better not to have shoes than to have a brain yeah not to have a better to be in Armenia and he says he says you're going to be a boda bobik boda barefoot yeah it's in Armenian makes more sense it's lave lave bobik lal vodkov ten bobik lal matkov ah so it rhymes <laughs> it rhymes yeah there we go it rhymes lave lave bobik linel vodkov kanste bobik linel matkov so literature education was always uh, right. uh, essential and priority for challenge yeah and religion and religion too mm-hmm. because his father was faithful yeah person Abkash. Abkar. Abkar. Abkar was faithful and he even made a trip to Jerusalem. Yeah, he was Haji. He was Haji, Haji Abkar. Haji Abkar. That's, that's how he was known. <laughs> Haji Abkar, yeah. Haji Abkar. That's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a thing. And, and uh, he must have gone, um, I mean, he must have gone before 1915 because when oh, the genocide I'm happened, sure. there, were, there were deaths in the family. Yeah, no, well, at that time, I think Kars was was doing well and people were still were able to travel mm-hmm. but, but since I think World War One and then Revolution 1911 Turkey I think things have changed a lot yeah yeah, yeah. but he had a he had a, he had siblings and a, a difficult life it seems since since the beginning I mean it's 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 interesting because is the rug de- rug dealers rug salesmen um there was a lot of wealth and for a rug, rug seller. <laughs> There's only the one time. letter difference between rug dealers and drug, drug dealers. dealers. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were only both one, into the money. One <laughs> but it was, you know, I had someone explain to me, you know, the first Armenians in Minnesota, where they were selling rugs. Yeah. They were importing rugs. And they explained to me, in the old days, when you didn't have televisions, and you didn't have fancy tchotchkes and, and glass and vases and that... You would show your wealth by having a lot of rugs in your house or oh. by having really fancy rugs in your house. Oh. So Persian rugs, rugs from the Middle East with the hand-woven, the beautiful designs. That was a way to show off your wealth and to show what you have. And then, you know, going to Armenia, going to Turkey, Iran, that's, those, that's what they have. That's carpets. That's rugs. They have yeah. that everywhere. But it's, yeah, it really, the, the, the family's fortune seemed to really turn, but... He Charans didn't seem to be a material person. He was more yeah. interested in uh, religious things, in writing. So when he starts becoming a poet, I did I did like this. He f- publishes his first poem in 1912 mm-hmm. in a youth magazine, mm-hmm. Tbilisi. So he's everywhere. He's cars. He's going to Tbilisi probably. Um, he 
he one day he admires he you know he goes to one of the printing houses and tells the director I want you to publish my book and the director kind of admires his courage and he says okay we'll do it and uh, they published it in 1914 and it's called guess what what do you think a poet's first book would be called <laughs> Three songs to Sad Girl, <laughs> dedicated to Astig. Now, not Astig, the goddess, the ancient goddess of Armenia, but it was some girl in his, the fifth grade in his <laughs> class at his school. In a gymnasium. <laughs> and he fell in love. Yeah. yeah. He fell in love. So, I mean, he's like a poet from the beginning. Oh, three yeah. Sad, three songs to Sad Yerek Girl. Yerek Yerek the And it was dedicated to Astrik. I forgot the last name. Typical last name. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah. From the beginning, he was he was courageous. He would go and just publish my my book, publish my collections, my yeah. poems, and uh, so he um, he he was a writer from the from the from a young age. From the in the same year, he he volunteers to fight in World War One. In the yeah. Armenian Volunteer Group. Now, was that? Was that the same groups that um, uh, Antronique was putting together? Well, there were some uh, some some groups I think uh, being formed in these are these are Eastern Armenian, already a site probably in in Gars and with Russian generals being in uh, control, okay, um, or being trained by Russian generals. Uh, all these chapters, um, so um, or maybe later Russian generals came, but but. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm not sure which ones, but st he still um, participated in some of the, some of the uh, defense operations, some of defense campaigns. Um, mm -hmm. He lost his, uh, his sister and her family, Mariam, yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the Armenian Genocide mm -hmm. in 1915. Um, his family left eventually, he left Gars eventually yeah. at some point. When, when I think uh, Russians left, after the revolution, okay. going back to Russia, and then cars fell into uh, Turkish yeah. control. Yeah. That was the end. That was the end, and the family left. And then they went east. They went to Moscow. They went to, uh, oh, Maikop. Maikop, not Moscow. They went to Maikop, his brother, and uh, Abkar, and the family. And then later, his brother, Geram, yeah. was executed again by Stalin, too. Ooh. I don't know why. They didn't need a reason. Back, back then, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he had a busy, busy time. He's fighting in 1914. Um, <clears throat> did, did, was he talked about at all? Were, were this, you know, this kind of military volunteer groups, were they talked about when you were learning this about never came up in, a, in This never came up that he was part of a military groups. And, and the story about the chapter being completely... Uh, uh, wiped out and, yeah. and, and, and killed all of them, all the Armenians by Kurdish. That never, I never knew about that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest. Yeah, to they be had honest. one night they were attacked by. So, so he joins this military group. Yeah. And they go and liberate some of the towns, right? Right. Um, from, from the Ottoman, from the Turks. From Turks. Yeah. And then at night, when they are sleeping one day, uh, Kurdish group. Yeah, comes in and, and attacks and, yeah. and, uh, and the entire. Entire chapter is killed. All of his friends. Right. He survives by miracle. 
Did he sit? Was he at the place or was he? Oh, he was late. <laughs> he, he was, was behind. Late. He was he writing was another song to a sad he girl. Was, he was. <laughs> I I don't think he ever was a punctual person, punctual person, <laughs> or he ever was uh, cared about being uh, uh, on time. On time or uh, what's appropriate was not appropriate. Like every poet. Yeah. Like, right. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, he so he wasn't there. He write the poem Dante Danteesque. Is it Danteesque legend? It's Dante Acanaraspil. Dante Acanaraspil. Okay. Dante's Dantesque legend, or that. That's like, how I, I like translation Dante. was. Yeah, Dante, okay. Dante, because so, Dante wrote about hell. Yeah, and, yeah, about so that paradise. I mean, that's writing about his experiences of war and the genocide. He kind of rolled them all up into yeah. one. Is that yeah. a famous poem? It is a famous. It gave him uh, a lot of. Uh, Fame too, yeah. This 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 poem, uh, it is about genocide. It is about a horror of the Armenian genocide. It is about the horror of the war. So he describes his experience, his pain, yeah, his family's pain, uh, losing his friends, losing his family, losing his town, mm. losing everything that uh, that he had, and losing the uh, and, and, and crying the pain of a nation and people. Too. People yeah. that he loved and, and the land and that he that he loved loved too. Yeah. yeah. He's quite young at this point still. He's maybe twenty, not even twenty. We never said when he when he was born actually, right? No, we didn't. We sh- we started we got so excited to talk about poetry <laughs> we didn't start the <laughs> podcast with when he's born. Okay. He was so, born in 1897, March. So in 1915, he'd be 18 years old. Yeah, 14, 18, yeah. 15, 18, yeah. 17, so wow. That's yeah, he's, it's, it's young to go through all of this. Yeah, very young. Yeah. But he was already a published poet at that point. Yeah, he, he already published a few, he published a collection at some point. So tell me about, I got, I got a little confused when I was doing research. When does he? Because after the war, he teaches, mm-hmm. and but he teaches in cars, and at some point, cars falls to the Turks. Yeah, nineteen eighteen, nineteen nineteen. So what? What is the story of how he started teaching? I think he was after the Armenian genocide. Yeah. That he he, well, after the genocide, after all that happens, he goes to Tbilisi. Yeah. Then he goes to uh, Moscow, right? Yeah. Uh, his father was against it. You cannot go to Moscow. What, what do you have in Moscow? What do you have to help here? You have to stay here and help with the business. Yeah. So his mother convinces his father that let him go to Moscow, pay for all his expenses, and let him be your assistant in Moscow. Uh, let him find, <laughs> let him do business for you. In yeah. Moscow so he can sell. Thinking. And then Charles later write about it. Like, what kind of a merchant I am? I'm not, I'm not a merchant. I'm not, I don't know anything about it. But hey, the father's sponsor. So he goes back to he goes to Moscow, and then um, and then uh, he studies at this famous university. I think it was uh, both uh, uh, literature, theology, religion, and uh, he, he studies at that. And then Russian Russian Revolution. 1917. Russian Revolution. He participates in, and he believes in revolution too. Yeah. He embraces revolution. Yeah. Because he thinks that this is a, 
this is a light in a tunnel. This is a this is a new beginning, and he embraces for his people too, for Armenians. And then he comes back and he tries to uh, teach at a small town, a small school uh, in uh, in Kars, okay. in, uh, in a village, some one of one of the villages, I think. Outside the city, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then that, and then the school closes after the war. After when, the war, school yeah. closes. Yeah. Kars had a Kars had a lot of schools, mm-hmm. Armenian schools, religious schools. Both Apostolic Church had a school. The Catholics, I think, they had a school too. Yeah. So it was a. It was a big, it's big cultural center. Yeah. Yeah. It it became really, uh, when when you read about Kars now, it's a terrible town. There is nothing there. There, but when it was under Armenian control, it was. Yeah. It was really there was light, there was illumination, there was education, there were mm-hmm. schools. There was nothing there. <laughs> well, that book you talked about, Orhan Pamuk's Snow, it kind of talks a bit about that. Yeah. About how how sad how sad and kind of you know past its prime this city is. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's just if you were not going to take care of all of these places, right. then why would right. you take it from from yeah. <laughs> from uh, from us? And why would you, uh, you know? But anyway, by this time, um, Armenian First Republic is born, right? Yeah. 1918, Armenian yep. First. In May, Republic is born. And then the Minister of Education is Nikol Arbalian. Nikol Arbalian was famous Armenian uh, writer, mm-hmm. um, uh, social, um, he, he was uh, literature, he was, he was well known. And Nikol Arbalian, uh, turns out, he's... He read uh, Dante's Legend, uh, oh. written by da- by Challenge, mm. uh, and he was quite a fan of Challenge. So he invites Challenge to Yerevan. Wow! And Nicola Arbalia mm. formed formed this literature group of, uh, of, of uh, authors at the time. Challenge was not included, of course. He was young, but Nicola Arbalia invites him, and he would do these events once in a while, uh, featuring uh, Armenian writers mm. evenings. And yeah. then uh, he would be famous and not so famous writers. So one time he invites Charles to come and to uh, to read some of his poems, to uh, kind of to introduce him to a new Armenian uh, uh, cultural town, which was Yerevan now, mm-hmm. after Gars, after Constantinople. Tbilisi was not as as uh, so Yerevan was becoming the center after the republic. Right. This is the only time probably Yerevan. Becomes after Argishti. <laughs> this is the only time everyone is. Oh, this is really. A <laughs> it's suddenly a young it city took, again. It took it's how many years? Exciting. Thousands of years. Thousands of years later, this it's coming back. It's coming back <laughs> <laughs> by land. It's gonna come back. So he okay. So he kind of got taken under his wing mm-hmm. and brought in and and uh, yeah and then because he. When they started the Ministry of Education, then he got asked to join. He joined the Ministry of Education, yeah, and he uh, he had a, a quite a, a, a big of a position there in the Ministry of Commissar, kind of. I don't know what how what exactly, but it was he would publish books. Mm. At some point, he assisted and in in uh, and insisted in publishing the legend uh, Sasna Zaret. Right. He, he assisted with that too. He, he yeah. was with his help that he was published for yeah, the first time. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Daredevils of Sassoon. The Daredevils whole thing. of Sassoon, yeah. Do you remember that? That was a two-hour episode. We did an episode. episode yeah, hours, it was a long, four hours. but fun. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is this, this episode is going to be two hours. <laughs> fun, yeah, yeah, he's got a lot to do. He died young, but he had an interesting life. He did, yeah. He's, and he's publishing poems. He got mm-hmm. married. He got he's married to poems. the love of his life to Arpenik. Arpenik de Rasvazatadian. Yeah. Not the sad girl, a different, different the, girl. Different, different. But Arpenik was really, um, uh, he was in, she was in love with Charles. And Charles was not a, you know, family, family person. He, <laughs> he liked to uh, party yeah. and, yeah. and, and he poems. liked to drink. Yeah. And like, well, Boy, unlike any other poets, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a quiet. So Arpenik would kind of balance him ah. a, little bit, a little bit. His trouble started when Arpenik left to Saint Petersburg, for um, for uh, uh, she wanted to uh, study there, mm-hmm. but she also had some health issues to take care of, and they wanted to have a baby, okay. and they couldn't, and Which... Arpenik needed to. Uh, mm. Needed to go and receive some care, and, yeah, uh, and healing, and and then during that time, that's when he got in trouble. Challenge. Okay. Was was uh, was she also a writer? That I don't remember. That I don't know. Yeah. That it's I don't know. It's kind of quiet. It the everything I read made it more sound like, like you said, she was keeping him in line. He loved her. She loved him. Mm-hmm. But when she left, yeah, he did go a yeah. little wild. Yeah. He even got in. Uh, you know, he uh, he tried to chase uh, another girl, <laughs> and then uh, that this church, that this girl would would just constantly uh, not interested. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he he shot her. Uh, yes. Yes. Attempt, I think. And then he was arrested. That's right. And he was arrested instead of giving him eight years, as it was, uh, they gave him three years because he was a famous writer. Ah. Uh. But then uh, they revoked his uh, membership of Communist Party. They took his uh, red, red ticket, yeah. so-called, Krasny uh, Bilet, and then they took his membership of uh, Writers Club. Yeah, Writers Union, I should say. So he, how did how did this did this change? Is this something you learned about in school? I learned. Shot the woman? I learned during this. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew about that. <laughs> wow, I mean that's pretty. It, he doesn't, he sounds when he's growing up, he sounds kind of like uh, not, not intimidating, right? Yeah. Not maybe confident mm-hmm. he's going to go, but, but a poet, you know, a lover of letters. Crazy. He doesn't have good shoes. He's not yeah, a little, <laughs> little crazy, but not dangerous. Yeah. So something must have happened to make him dangerous, whether it was them not being able to have the baby or them. It you was know, a trip to Europe. The trip to Europe. Okay. It was the trip to Europe. Uh, so he was already going, he was already started going off the rails a little bit when yeah. he, uh, when he believed in revolution, he was supporting a rebel, he was working for the Bolshevik government, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he started questioning some of the things that Bolsheviks were doing. Uh-huh. And then Alexander Miasnikian, who was the secretary of Army Republic of our Soviet Republic of Armenia, started noticing that. And he said, you need a break. You need to get out of town. <laughs> you need a break. You go to Europe, go and find yourself. Uh-huh. Go to Europe, see other cities, see other towns, see other countries, and and go and and find yourself and 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 just 
try to learn who you are and can come back. Mm. And that's what he does. He goes to uh, Europe, he goes to Greece, he goes back to Turkey, this time to Turkey, not Armenia. It was not back, I shouldn't say. He goes to Turkey. Yeah. Uh, he goes to Greece, he goes to Venice, mm-hmm. he goes to uh, Paris. Interestingly enough, he even applies to come to U.S. Right. He was rejected. He gets rejected. <laughs> because his poems never got translated. They didn't know how famous he was. His poems never got translated. But, I, but he tried to come to U.S. And, yeah. Um, and then... Um, he's, so, he's, so what happened with Avedik Isahakin? So Avedik Isahakin is, is the master, right? He's right. The, we, we call him Varpet. Okay. In Armenian poetry, he's known... In Armenian literature, yeah. he's known as Varpet for his... Uh, you know, his style, his uh, greatness. Yeah. And Avedik Isakyan uh, was living in Europe. Yeah, he's a command of the form. Was he in Constantinople? Was he one of the one of those poets? No, he was in, in Armenia and he left okay. at some point, went to Constantinople, uh, went, to, uh, went to Europe and he was living in Venice. Okay. So Charles goes to Venice and they meet. Mm-hmm. And they meet and then... Uh, and then Charles starts telling him that Alexander Miasnigan sent me the mission to talk to Armenians, to talk to around the world Armenians, how great Soviet Union is, mm-hmm. how great Soviet Armenia is, to encourage uh, returning to Armenia too. Mm. And Avedik Isagian says, that's not going to happen. I'm not, com- <laughs> I'm not coming back. Is this why you are? <laughs> but Avedik Isagian uh, you know, tries to... Uh, uh, give him a tour and uh, tries to show him what, what Europe is. Mm. And then at some point, uh, Charin says, well, he, he says, uh, well, uh, uh, do you remember we met a long time ago? Oh. Avedik Isakian says, uh, no. He says, well, he was in Gars. So one time, uh, Avedik Isakian was taking a walk in Gars, in the streets of Gars, mm-hmm. and then young Charins, little Charins, uh, uh, sees him. And he goes and he looks, looks with his eyes open, amazed at Avedi Isaac. And Avedi Isaac says, what? <laughs> <laughs> he says nothing. <laughs> so Avedi Isaac slaps him in the face. Wow. <laughs> and then um, um, Charin says, well, do you remember that that's you slapped me in the face one time? He says, well, that's why you're a good poet today. <laughs> that's why you're a good poet today. <laughs> that was a good slap. <laughs> oh, these poets... They think they can get away with everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, and then he, uh, so he's he's going a little nuts, and he comes back. Yeah, and, and then his troubles start. Yeah. He uh, he gets gets in trouble with uh, with this situation. A month later, after Arpedic left to Saint Petersburg. Yeah. A month later or so, some. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, he. Uh, uh, and Arpenik comes back, mm-hmm. tries to take care of him, mm-hmm. um, but then she had her own health issues, and then yeah. a little later she dies. She dies young. Mm. And then, um, and after that, Charles really never recovered. He was uh, addicted to uh, uh, painkillers. Mm. He was addicted to uh, all kinds of... Uh, Difficult, uh, you know, drugs and the, to keep his pain and uh, yeah, and he had he had health issues. Yeah, him uh, himself and uh, and then torture. later later he was uh, I think it was November or so or, or early in 1930s he was arrested 
like uh, like many others for nationalism. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and he died. We I I always thought that he was executed. Yeah. But he died in prison. Okay. And until now, they don't know. We don't know where his body is. Mm. There was there was no there was no site cemetery. There was no place mm-hmm. to uh, to visit him. He's uh, he was just about forty years old. He was about he was young. Just forty years old. Yeah. So, and this was because of Stalin, right? Yeah, Stalin regime, the Stalin yeah. regime. And then Mikoyan later kind of rehabilitated his reputation. Stalin's reputation? Yeah. How? He, I don't know the speech because of my limited language, but after the Brezhnev thaw, he gave, he started kind of referencing Chinese a little bit, hmm. which, you know, kind of, I think, gave people a different perspective on him and made him think a little different of him. Yeah. Because he he does show up, if you go to Yerevan now, he is a known character, oh, yeah. a, a known writer, a known, you know, there's Chardin's Arch, mm-hmm. which is a great place to see Maharaj. There's Street. There's Chardin's Street. There's the Chardin's uh, museum. museum. There's the poetry of Chardin's at the top, the Confestian. Mm-hmm. What's the poem? The From the Frenzied Masses, but that's the wrong translation. You see. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Yeah. To all of those whose spirit burns bright. <laughs> he was greeting them, all of them. That's amazing. <laughs> Greetings to all of you. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, he shows up in almost it, it he shows up enough where you start to feel like his poetry may I th- always thought it was something you always read in school like it was part of the fabric of mm-hmm. you know, Soviet Armenian life. In the same way that, uh, you know, William Carlos Williams or some of those poets we learned in school in America are kind of uh, Wallace Stevens. You you hear these names, you learn these things. Everybody's heard of them or, yeah. you know, had to learn about them in school. And it felt that way a little bit with Chadans. So yeah. well, everybody, every child, every person knows Yesimanu Chayastani. Yesimanu Chayastani, Yarevaham, Bardem Sidum, the word... Uh, uh, everybody knows that uh, that poem and, and his songbook, the Tagaran. Um, so his his collections. Really beloved writer, really beloved poet. Yeah. In uh, in Armenia. It's, it sounds like he gave the he was a teacher, and his poetry, he kind of gave the people you know the the. It's not just poems you read and you're like oh that's what this guy is feeling. Yeah. He was writing poems in a way where the people that were reading them could identify. Mm-hmm. themselves and say yes this is how we're feeling Armenians right now this is how we're yeah, feeling exactly he gave he gave part of our, our kind of identity and, and love for Armenia you may consider some may consider you know people are, well he was Bolshevik right he was not really Bolshevik right because he he described Armenia beyond Soviets yeah beyond Bolsheviks he, he really had described Armenia is this beautiful country. He didn't care about Bolsheviks. At some point, he realized and understood how come these bourgeois, evil bourgeois in Europe, are having a great life. They have a great life, yeah. and we call them evil. And yet, simple workers in Soviet Union, they're working so hard, and, and, and yet they don't have really simple uh, needs. They are, their needs are not met. So at some point, he realized that and and, uh, and, and understood that. And he, would, he cared about... Uh, about the country of Armenia, about the people, and he tried to bring our culture together from Nautic, from the Bible, from our heritage and culture, because he was really well read. Yeah. 
Did you read some of his reread some of his poems that you read when you were growing up to prepare for this? I I read some of some of some of them. <laughs> How did did it seem different now that you've read some you know learned some of his history or did they do they just seem read different to you now that you're? It's it's little different being in being living now in a in a diaspora so called. Uh-huh. It is appealing even to us because he's singing a song of Armenia. He's uh-huh. singing a song of a. Uh, about people, how wonderful it is, how great it is, how uh, how beautiful Armenia is, the mountains, the people, the songs, and uh, and he's uh, he's hoping for a bright future for for Armenia, something that we all are hoping for. <laughs> yeah, and he seemed, now, he had a frenzied energy about him himself. Yeah, and uh, from what I had read before this, and and then learning about it now, um, yeah, and there's, there seems to be a lot of of commentary on him. He even the book he wrote, Yerkir Nairi, The Land of Nairi, mm-hmm. like that. Was that an important book growing up? Were you reading it? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, some of his poem, poems are more fam- famous than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, um, he uh, um, definitely... Uh, it will be part of a family and household. Every family has his volumes, his books. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Would read, uh, read them. But should we read uh, his uh, his poem? Part of it. Part yeah. of his poem. Yes, yeah. the most famous. Yes, and what does that mean in English? Yes, to my sweet Armenia. I love the the word of my sweet Armenia. Okay. I'm not sure if there is a is there a translation of this. Yes, uh, Yastani. I think there might be multiple different translations, but I want I want to hear it in the original Armenian because like the same thing with the shoes and the Here, brains. Let's do this. Okay. Yesimanush Hayastani Arevaham Bar Nemsirum. Not bar. Bar is is dance. No, bar. Bar. Oh. It, it, this comes from the Gospel of John. Oh. The word was I mean the beginning was when the word was oh, with yeah. God and the word was God. So bar means ban. Is the word. Oh, okay. So he wrote bar, not bar. Merhin sazi vokhbanavag latsakumats larnem sirum. Arnanaman zahikneriu varteri buida varman unayan achikneri hezachakun barnem sirum. I love my sweet Armenia's word, which is filled with the taste of sun. I love our old Lara's melody, liar, liar's melody. Yeah. From its mournful and weeping strings, the vivacious fragrance of a blood-like flowers and raw blood-like flowers mm. and roses, I love as well the graceful and angled dance of Nairian girls. Sirume medirkin kamuk, jerera jinj lichaluse, alev namranu zemerva vishapadzain bukavasem. Matum Koraz Harchitneri and Huron Kalpatera Sef, Uhanam Yakarakneri, Hazaramia, Karnem Sidum. I love as well our gloomy sky, our pure waters, luminous lake, the summer sun, and the winter sublime wind with the dragon's voice. <laughs> also the black, unwelcoming walls of the, of the huts lost in the dark. And I love the thousand-year stone, the ancient cities as well. It's, it doesn't English doesn't sound as as appealing, probably. No, but you could. It's a it's a yeah. He's he's pretty good at this poetry thing. 
ուրել լինեմ չեմ մորանա, ողղ պածային երկերը մեր, չեմ մորանա աղոտք դարձած, երկաթագիր գրքերը մեր, իչքան էլ սուր սիրտը սխոցեն, արյունական վերքերը մեր, ես էլ որ բուարնավար իմ Հայաստան եմ սիրում, իմ No matter how sharply they pierce my heart, our wounds so soak with blood, even then I love my orphaned and my blooded dear Armenia. Wow. Yeah. Well, there is the last part too, but they didn't translate. Oh, here. Im karotat sarti hamar, urish voch mi hekat chka, narekatsu kuchakipes lusapasak chakat chka, asharan sir. Արարատի նման ճերմա գագատ չկա, ինչպես անհաս պարքի ճանքպա, ես իմ մասիս սարն եմ սիրում։ For my longing heart there is not, not even one another tale, there is not a brighter forehead than the Kuchak and Narekatsi. Past the whole world there is no summit as wide as that of Mount Ararat. Like Chloe Road, unreachable, I love as well, My mount masses. Mm. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what does this mean? To yeah, you, Peter. This. It means it means two. It means kind of two things to me. It means one. It's a. It's an example to me of the creative energy of of Armenians. It when you were reading that, it sounded to me more like a. Like a gusan, like a mm. you know, like a, a medieval poem, really dramatic and everything. But it was written by a guy who was a modern, a modern writer, a modernist yeah. writer. Um, there's that aspect of it. It's a great example of that. It's also an example of how much of Armenian culture I still have no, I still don't know about. I still yeah. have yet to discover, and and how much of it is, you know, not made its way into English yet, and. Yeah. and You know, there's, you know, if you speak Armenian, you can really, you can really dig in and dive into these things. Yeah. What well, about for you? What does it mean? Well, it's, it's a, he's, he's a fascinating character, I think. His writing, his style, and it's just, he's a part of a generation in the 19th century, at the end of 19th century, beginning of 20th century. We probably will never have a generation uh, like that. Uh, I mean, an amazing writers and his life, his, uh, his passion, he's uh, passionate about uh, who we are and our people and uh, just uh, I think uh, a lot to learn from him and, uh, and even he had a young life but even then he, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he was able to influence the entire people, our nation with his writings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, you think he'd, do you think he'd be surprised he's still remembered and talked about? That his words are carved into stone around Yerevan? He might be. I think he never really uh, realized how good he was. Yeah. He was always so caught up with this uh, life. There was too much going on at the time. You know, yeah. keep in mind World War One, Armenian Genocide, Bolshevik Revolution, uh, Armenian Republic, First and Second Republic, then mm -hmm. the... Then the Stalin regime, the Soviet, it was just too much going on. So he was really in the middle of all that. He never had a chance. He never had a break. Mm -hmm. um, so and, and then his personal life. 
So yeah. he never really understood. It. And then later, I think the only time he was he understood that he was really uh, special when, when Nicola Arbalian called him and said, "You need to come to Yerevan. You are you have some you have a special talent." So he might be might be surprised how influenced how much he influenced our our people in recent decades and years. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, this was the episode on Yerevan challenge. Hope you like it. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, no. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Read some more poetry. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks for listening. Please like